On this episode of Shepherd the Sheep, Gino Guillermo and Jason Vaughn continue the discussion on reconciliation and why we need to pursue reconciliation, uh, whose job is it to reconcile, and the approach we need to have uh, as we seek to reconcile with one another. Welcome back uh, to another podcast. Uh, we uh, last podcast really started to tackle this issue of reconciliation and spent uh, what ended up being most of our time talking about the errors, uh, many errors that uh, are common, I believe, uh, in reconciliation. And duh, so. But that kind of really took most of our time for that podcast. So we decided to split this up into a two-parter. And so here we are back uh, looking more into reconciliation, which is a very important doctrine, a very important practice that should exist in Christians. Uh, If you're a believer, you're a reconciler, you are at peace with God, and you have actually been given a mission to go and make peace with others as well and to be at peace with others. And so, uh, but... So we are back to talk about that. We're going to, we're going to talk about a little bit on what kind of perspective should you have as a reconciler, kind of deal with a couple more uh, issues that people are prone to do a little bit with that. Uh, We're going to look at what God's perspective on reconciliation is. And then we're going to look at, okay, well, what does that mean for me? And so uh, before we get started, just always want to give a shout out last, uh, this podcast, uh, we will be drinking a Guatemala El Templo Reserva roasted by Olympia Coffee. It is a Guatemala. I don't normally like Guatemalas, but this is actually surprisingly decent. So uh, I got this Guatemala on accident. No. Was this one I got on accident? I got one. I saw Olympia sent me uh, some espresso and uh, they were supposed to send me two packs of different coffees and they messed up and they ended up sending me two Guatemalas. And the one that I didn't order that I almost ordered is this one. And this one ended up being like lights out good. So mm. uh, Olympia uh, aired in yep. my favor. Yep. Uh, I did not collect 200 bucks, but I got a really good bag yeah, of coffee. Sounds like they reconciled. They did. Oh, <laughs> they, they redeemed themselves. Yeah. Uh, and then they sent the right coffee since it wasn't for me, it was for somebody else. Uh, ah. so, yep. Uh, one of our coffee suppliers, uh, need to keep him taken care of as well. Our Sunday morning coffee guy. So, uh, yeah, if you can, uh, always take care of your baristas people. Yeah. All right. So here we are. Reconcile reconciliation. Uh, Gino. Yeah. I think just coming off the last podcast, um, one of my, um, initial thoughts that I I'd never really framed reconciliation in this way, but in my mind now I'm a hundred percent thinking, wow, reconciliation is really an act of love. 
Oh yeah, I like it. Right? Like, you know, a positive way of looking at it is you're actually loving people when you're pursuing reconciliation. I I like that because it gives me a goal and I need to love people and part of that is actually reconciling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean ah uh, gosh. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to throw you off there. <laughs> no, no, but but it's good. It's uh, it's true, and like <clears throat> if I mean out of a love for someone, would I want that someone to um to well, like, walk around with the weight of? A disturbed conscience, maybe? conscience. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's the kind of the word I was looking for. Like, all I had was the word picture of my failure to reconcile potentially leaves the millstone hanging around your neck. And what? How? How unloving can I be to to not to not help you have the peace that you want to have with Christ and with me? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the main thing, right? You actually care, like true love seeks um, uh, not only our relationship, but really the relationship between that person and the Lord. Um, And so I think, yeah, if I frame it in my mind as an act of love, um, it just helps me at least think through it better. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. All right, so. um, Yeah, boy, it's it's really (laughs) helpful. Um, Yeah, so, uh, okay, so we talked about errors. And at the end, we, we kind of mentioned that we wanted to find reconciliation. And I think this is an important point uh, because I also think that one of the errors that people have is they believe that reconciliation, if I say you need to go ask forgiveness or reconcile with them, well, sometimes you'll get, a, I'm not ready to reconcile. Well, why not? Well, because they, I don't, not ready for them to do it again. Mm. And so I think some people have an understanding that reconciliation means that the other person will never do this again. Mm-hmm. And that answer is false. Uh, in fact, I know reconciling with you that you're more than likely going to do it again. Mm. And yet I still reconcile with you. Yes. And what I think is interesting to me is Jesus Christ and his omniscience knows you're going to do it again. And he still reconciles. Yeah. He's always willing to forgive. Yep. Uh, always willing to transform us as we submit to the spirit and the word. Yep. Um, such a loving God. Such a, yeah, there it is. There's love, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I mean, if God in his infinite wisdom, knowledge, omniscience, omnipresence, mm. alpha, omega, writing the end from the beginning, knows that you are being forgiven for something that you are later going to need to ask forgiveness again for. Yeah. Who am I to then say no I will not grant you forgiveness because I'm not sure if you'll ever do it again or not. Mm. Right. I mean, am I not at that point taking a position that defies God and his character and nature and love? Yes. And it's also manipulative because you're hanging that unforgiveness over their head, um, you know, as a way to manipulate them. Yes. Um, Coerce them into maybe, I don't know, penance of some sort. Yes. I think that tends, that tends to be what happens when, you know, when you, you kind of hang that, it's like a, yeah, like a millstone on their neck. Like you're my slave now. Yes. Cause we're not reconciling. You offended me. Now you owe me. 
I, do I own wonder, you, you know? I do wonder. Uh, I don't want to wonder too much on it, though. Uh, but I do wonder if, unfortunately, what some people are looking for in reconciliation is manipulation, not reconciliation. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they want something. Yeah. You know, they didn't get what they wanted. Granted that they're either... They're, um, they were they were wronged, but if they still want something, they're not getting it. Then sometimes they can use it as a way to get something. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, it's unfortunate that that sometimes you know uh, that people think like that. But gosh, and that's okay. Go back. That's a sixth error. Is that you <laughs> use reconciliation for manipulation? Yeah. Okay. Listen, I think, I think, right. So reconciliation does not mean that the other human beings never going to do it again. Right. Uh, so that makes reconciliation more difficult. However, this is where love comes into it. If you're, if you are committed to loving that person, then you also recognize that you can forgive them and the work doesn't stop at forgiveness. It just grants mm. peace. Yes. The work really always continues as you seek to be an advocate for helping that person grow in godliness. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so yeah. you're not going to have, right? I mean, if the idea is, well, he asked forgiveness, he should be perfect after that. Like, no, you, unless, unless you're distributing glorified bodies on the spot, which if that case, please let me know. I'll be, I'll be there in a minute. Uh, but you can't. You cannot distribute the glorified body. So theologically impossible. And so at that point, all you can do is, and I think I think that's the thing with relationships, you're committed to seeking peace with somebody and you are committed to walking with that person in a way that loves them and serves them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense because uh, if you think about any action that produces offense, that action is actually just a manifestation of a, a, a deep-seated sin. Yes. It ultimately stems from pride, and no right. one is ever, like, no one ever gets rid of pride fully. Uh, right. Right? So it's always going to manifest its rear its ugly head at some point in some different way. Yes. Whether it's not, you know, you know some, something, uh, something, you know, just really uh, innocuous, like, I don't know. Maybe you had an agreement that you would put the shoes in a certain place. Right. And you didn't do it. And, yeah. you know, stuff like that um, yeah. could be just a lack of caring or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, the pride always rears its head somehow. It does. Right? Well, and even and you can even have, I mean, that's the thing too, right? Peter says be on guard. Uh, and, and the reality is you could, you know, it could be years. And then you do something you haven't done in like 20 years. And you're like, why did I do that? Hmm. And the reality yeah. is because you... You know, you're not perfect. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Can't be perfect. Uh, but that doesn't mean we can't strive for perfect. And it doesn't mean we can't strive to reconcile. So on the one hand, it doesn't. Uh, the first thing we said is that reconciliation um, does not necessarily mean that the other person is going to stop or is going to never sin again. On the flip side of that, that spectrum is I believe some people think reconciliation equals sweep it under the rug and pretend like it doesn't exist. That also is an error in reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Now, on the one hand, good does now there's a, there, right. This one has both of them have a hint of truth to it, right? 
Uh, the first one, the hint of truth, is that you're, you're, you, the person's recognition of their sin uh, is hopefully an indic- indication that they want to be holy and walk in holiness, and so they don't want to commit that sin, right? And so we always have to d- differentiate between desire and what is going to happen. My desire is to live a holy life. Mm. The reality is I should not be shocked when I find out that I sinned, right? right? And so instead, learn from my sin and keep moving. Um, but this one, the reconciliation sweeping on the rug, there is a sense in which we can say, God does not remember that sin against you. Right. So go to first Corinthians six, nine through 11, such were some of you, right. God doesn't look at some of those people and go, yeah, I still see you as the idolater or the, the envier or the drunkard or the homosexual. Like he's no longer defining you by your sin. So yes, he doesn't remember that sin against you. However, it doesn't mean that God then goes, you know, uh, I know you got saved and you're a thief and you're still struggling, stealing things from people. I'm just going to sweep it under the road dog and pretend like you just, you still don't do that. Mm. So it doesn't mean right that in, for, in some people's situation and an addiction, which we said, we're not going to really zero in on uh, for an addict that that even is kind of a big thing too. Like we're not going to sweep your addiction under the rug. Right. You know, um, Listen, you, when you get mad at your spouse, you get like violently mad. And though you've never hit your spouse, there's $6,000 worth of damage in your house because of your violent mood swings. Mm-hmm. See, the dog doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. And the violent mood swings, yes, though your spouse forgives you for those violent mood swings, it doesn't mean we're going to sweep under the rug the reality that you have an anger issue. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, you're reconciled and that your spouse is no longer going to remember it against you, but we may still have to talk about it. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about life dominating sins that, you know, they don't, they don't magically disappear. Mm -hmm. Right. You you actually have to walk in righteousness. Yes. With, with, with much uh, intention and practice and, Humility yes. and actually attacking that part of you that you know, it, it's life dominating. It, yeah. it 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 manifests its way, uh, it's, it's so much so that your life stops because of the decisions you make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, and so you know maybe it's a spouse who spends all of their money uh, gambling or on drugs or you know drinking or on some hobby or is irresponsible with you know uh, their bills and so what you know. You, you may be forgiven. Your spouse may forgive you for your sin. But if your idea is that, well, now let's sweep it under the rug, that's not what reconciliation is. Reconciliation is now you're at peace with your spouse. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to have to deal with the effects of the sin either. Okay. You know, and so the example I always give is if you walk up to my truck and you use a baseball bat and you break my, uh, you break my window uh, and then you come to me and say, yeah, you know, uh, listen, pastor, pastor, preacher boy, uh, will you please forgive me? I was mad and, you know, I didn't like that, that in your sermon, uh, you, you made fun of the Red Sox, uh, even though I now see your way and understand mm-hmm. the Red Sox are worthy of being made fun of because the Yankees are the Supreme team. I know. Will you forgive me? And, uh, and I say, yes, I'll forgive you. Well, now there's still the issue the fact that you shattered my, my truck glass. So, Right. In the reconciliation and even in a restoration, right, I'm going to come back and say, hey, the truck window is going to cost you $300. Right. And you're going to go, yeah, you know what? I broke a glass here. Here's 300 bucks to take care of that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and I, and that's, that's the part, right? Like, yes, you're forgiven. Yes. I'm not going to sit there and Lord this over you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to hold it against you, right. but on the flip side, it, it I'm not going to remember it against you. Right. I'm not going to be sitting there going, well, you broke my glass. Well, right. you broke my truck glass. <clears throat> well, I can't believe you did that. You know, like, that's going to drop. Like, right. Like I'm not going to confront you about the sinfulness there anymore. Mm. Well, you were sinful in your, in your anger and your baseball bat in my truck, but on the flip side. So, right. I'm not going to confront, but it doesn't mean we're not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so if your idea of what, well, well, I, re- and, and I've seen this on both ends. I've seen one who say, well, I asked forgiveness. Why are we bringing this back up? Well, because you did $6,000 worth of damage to your home. Uh, uh-huh. So, like, though, yes, we have all sought forgiveness here. On the flip side, you have not dealt with your sin. Right. You know, at least you have pastor here, and I'm going to deal with your sin. And so, um, on the, you know, and on the flip side, I've also seen the other side who kind of says, well, you know, uh, I'm afraid they're going to sweep it under the rug now. Hmm. So it, it, it's a it's an act of protection for both parties. Yeah, that's helpful because you you do have to think clearly about the situation. You're talking about um, that that payback. You're talking about the restitution. Yeah. For for damage is done. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the right thing to do if, yes. if you've done that. Um, uh, or or not just own up to your sin, but like uh, own up to correcting that mindset or yes. that behavior. Yes. Because it's loving right yes. it's it's actually hey you don't want your family to be in need you, yeah. you can't like just waste that money you actually have to love them more than you love yourself yeah. um i mean if you if you say you love them and uh you have to pursue not doing this because you're hurting them yeah now and i want to say that that the reconciliation with the person that shattered my glass was not contingent upon him or her promising to fix my glass right it was contingent upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. So if, if you're hearing this going, well, I mean, that's an emotional abuse, which is just like your truck window, but it's worse because it's my emotions. And so uh, just like you said that I'm, that we don't reconcile unless there's some kind of restitution. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that sin can be forgiven, that we can have peace between two pre two people. But like you said, there may be a mindset there that or or a set of you know basically a mindset and actions that were exposed through the event that led to reconciliation that may now be may now need to be dealt with. Well, right. That was a really weird <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I get. It. Yeah, I'm following. Yeah, you. I'm following you. But I, but I, what I don't want somebody to do is be like, well, you know, I don't want to get that phone call of, well, pastor, you know, like I was emotionally abused, and uh, well, how were you emotionally abused? Well, you know, like uh, he kind of was curt with me, and uh, uh, I'm not going to forgive him because, like you said, he hasn't restored that. And well, what's restoration look like? Well, he needs to do something nice for me. Well, no, that's not reconciliation. Hmm. You know, we're just talking about right. that's a different issue. Yeah, it's a different issue. Yeah, two different things we're talking about. Yeah, here. Now, does he need to l- learn how to love you better? Absolutely, sure. Um, but like reconciliation, step number one is it's a separate step, but it's an important step. It's, uh, yeah, it's peace with each other, peace with the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's like you know, even for you know, even kind of like you said. Is what you seek reconciliation? Is it is this something that that is a mindset maturity issue with the person you're reconciling with, or is this a one off? 
Mm-hmm. If it's a one-off, like, hey, somebody's in a bad mood and they were kind of short with you, I'm not going to say a word in the future at all. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? You forgive me. I was pretty short with you today. Sure. No problem. Yep. That was the only time I've ever heard you be crass. It's the only time I've ever heard you be a jerk. It's the only time I've ever, ever heard you be short. You know what? I ain't, I'm not saying another word again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, if it were a spouse that were having that issue, I might say, hey, listen, you know, I do forgive you and I will always forgive you. But is there something I could do to help you? Right. Deal with this so that I could, so that you can, you know, as you walk with Christ, what can I serve you to do with this? You know, and I think that's a fair, yeah, that's a fair secondary conversation. Yeah. And that's, it's the right, both parties. um, uh, I mean, one, one should be saying, you know, uh, the offender that, you know what, I recognize this is a huge issue in my life. I, I do need to take steps. To, yes. to start walking in a in a way that's righteous and godly. Yes, um, and that's super encouraging to to hear from the person who was offended because then, you know, that's so humbling, right? Yeah. Well, if you if you're hearing from somebody, you know, if somebody who's come to you for for reconciliation is also asking, has this kind of recognition in their action of their la- of their habitual, you know. Um, sinful behavior, man, that's beautiful. Wow. I just realized I am such an angry person and this is, you know, brought to light my anger issue. Will you please help me with that? Well, amen. Cause there comes right there. There's your love and your servant. Yeah. Humility are being called into action. So, yeah, I think of Paul and Philemon, just yeah. how Paul appealed to him. Yes. You know, so loving uh, even, even Paul's approach, right? Oh yeah. Um, just really just seeking for reconciliation to happen. Yeah. All that. Yeah. If it needs to be charged to my account, charge it to my account. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So reconciliation, it doesn't mean sweep it under the rug. It doesn't mean that it's the problem's going to go away, but it does mean that you have granted peace. It is a transaction. It does mean that you have granted peace and forgiveness to that person. Yes. Yes. So that you're not going to be using it against them. Right. Uh, and, and there's, I realize there's a line there between talking about that sin with the person and using it against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the line is distinguishable. Honestly, I think it's one of those things too, that when it happens, the spirit like lets you know it happens mm-hmm. because I know when, when I've had to talk about things with people, even after I've forgiven them, you tend to not think about the fact that they did it to you. You, mm. kind, of, you kind of move on from the, the fact that it was aimed towards you. And now your help with them becomes helping them tackle the problem. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you had your hand in that cookie jar is, is irrelevant to you, mm-hmm. you know, because you kind of realize you take on that servant love mindset where you realize, you know what? Uh, I, I'm here to, I can help this person. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, you made it not about you. Yes, exactly. Um, which is the, the the right the right posture to take? Yeah, because it's not about us. That's it's, really that's yeah. ultimately what the gospel's about. It's like, hey, you know, I mean, we didn't. I mean, if it were, if it were up to us, we'd never get saved, right? So, yeah, it was all up to the Lord, and He saved us in such such great grace and kindness, and right. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and so I you you just brought up kind of the other part of that, right? Look at this from God's perspective. Yes. 
And I, I think we, we talked about this in the last one, but we talk, we'll mention it, you know, formally here that Matthew 18 parable where the, the judge forgives the man, the, the innumerable debt. Right. And, and the numbers that have been run on that are such as where like basically Bill Gates couldn't pay off the debt. Uh, and the judge just forgives him and he turns around and basically is mad at a guy because the guy owes him 50 cents for a Coke. And he says, oh, I'm not going to forgive you your debt. You go to jail. And the judge says, basically the judge calls him out. Right. And says, um, you wicked slave. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave? And then you talked about Ephesians four thirty two, where we're to forgive as God has forgiven us. Yes. And that, that's the whole point, like right? in reconciliation, start, always start with God in you. Mm-hmm. Who am I? I'm a sinner saved by grace. I am a sinner who is aware of my, of some of my sins. And I am a sinner who is not aware of some of my sins, worshiping a God who is aware of all of my sins and yet has still forgiven me because the God, because Christ on the cross is greater than me. Right. And because I have been forgiven past, present, and future sins, the reality is that God uh, easily over for the for for the sake of the discussion easily overlooks a lot of my sins and continues to serve and love and grow me to be more like Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. He uses yeah. a broken man who is imperfect to do perfect unbroken work. Yeah. And and from God's perspective too, I mean, kind of like what you said with Paul, you know, charge it to my account. That's exactly what he did. Right. Like all our sin, Christ bore on the cross. Right. And uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm thinking of a way for the offended to think gospel, like it'd be like, Hey, just, you know, there's real hurt, there's real pain, but come on. Remember uh, God, God allowed his son to be crucified. Yes. The son went to the cross, you know, gladly serving the father for our sake and for his honor. So, I mean, if you truly grasp the gospel, um, the charge to my account attitude is uh, it's painful, but it's doable because we have a savior, uh, you know, the great high priest who has put on flesh and walked in our shoes and knows what it means to be offended. Right. Yeah, I mean, he, and that, that, I mean, that's the thing too, like, uh, who deserves not to ever be offended against? And the answer is it's God. God God doesn't tell us anywhere in scripture, you deserve not to be offended against. Mm -hmm. In fact, Paul says other things in Philippians 1.30, right? That, hey, listen, you're going to suffer just as much as God graced you to believe. He has also graced you to suffer for his namesake. Mm Mm-hmm. So right there, you even have the Lord saying, listen, it's not going to be an easy life all the time. So if you're sitting there going, hey, I don't deserve this kind of treatment from anybody. Well, the reality is you don't have anywhere in Scripture that supports that view. Honestly, if here's the thing I think. If you really knew me like and knew all my thoughts, you would realize, man, I make I sin a lot. And you'd probably be disgusted by it. And I don't, I probably, the reality is I actually probably don't deserve anybody's love. Hmm. And the fact that people love me is a testimony to God's grace and mercy. And the fact that they understand God's love. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that anybody would show you love anyway, should drive you to say, Hey, thank you God for these friends that love me despite my own imperfections. 
Right. And then how, how easily our pride flips that on the head and says, how dare you have treated me that way? Mm-hmm. Well, the only person in the world that has a right to say, how dare you treated me that way is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, he can sympathize because he knows what it's like. And yet he also knows what we've done to him and he forgives us. And so, so reconciling with other people usually starts with being humble enough to realize who you are in the gospel economy, right? In the gospel hierarchy, I am the forgiven one who mm-hmm. worships a who worships a holy God who has been forgiven by the holy God and then asked to exhibit the same mercy, grace, and love to other people that he extends to me. Right. Yeah. yeah to every degree. Yeah, and you brought up long suffering and that's such an important um facet yes. to this to this discussion. Long suffering, in other words, you're talking about patience. Yes. Patience Ooh. and being willing to endure yeah. suffering for it. Like, yeah, long like suffering. Exactly. What that's exactly what it like means, right? For like, a suffer. long time, suffer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> suffer long. Yes. Suffer for a while. You know, yes. suffer for some time. If you have a newborn baby, <laughs> six weeks of not sleeping every night, that's long suffering. Yeah. Yes. Show that to adults. Yeah. But be willing to go longer. Mm hmm. Yeah. Honestly, if you can make it to the teenage years, that's long suffering. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but these are the right. This is long suffering. Yeah, no, you're right, man. Uh, so uh, I so when it comes to reconciliation, it means that I am choosing not to bring your sin up against you. Uh, I'm going to look at it from God's perspective, which means I'm willing to forgive you for whatever you want. Uh, and the reality is what a lot of us at this point are prone to do in the reconciliation process. So let's say now what happens is, um, <clears throat> okay, I've sinned against you. Uh, what, what we are prone to do at this point is, is make a couple mistakes. We are prone to be like, well, listen, if it was really a big deal to Gino, he would come to me about it. If it's really, you know, if Gino really cared, he'd come to me or right. And that, that's a problem. Mm. Because it's like, okay, well, you know what? If Gino brings it up, then I'll say something. Otherwise, I'm not going to say anything. Well, no, that's not right. Hmm. Because my responsibility, Romans 12, is as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. So it is my job, knowing that I sinned against Gino, to go to Gino and ask Gino for forgiveness. Hmm. Gino, will you please forgive me because I sinned against you in this way? Now, uh, I've even called people and said, Hey, I hope, uh, where we've been in a situation where we're all kind of joking and laughing. I said something and somebody said something and I thought, ah, I wonder if they knew I was kidding or not. Mm-hmm. I've even called them and said, Hey, listen, brother, I just want to know. I was totally kidding around, but will you please forgive me, uh, for, uh, for maybe not maybe being clear on that. And maybe, and you know, just to even like, you know, that way, if I did, if I, if they did leave with their conscience unclear about us, you know, there was some, there's some kind of like, Hey, you know what? He's aware and he was not trying to, you know? Yeah. So I'm even a fan sometimes of going to somebody on questionable times. Oh, okay. Yeah. So not like, Hey, blatantly I keyed Gino's car. And so now I'm going to call him and ask for forgiveness or, you know what? We were all kind of kidding around. I said something and he kind of got real quiet and kind of gave me a weird look. Maybe, maybe I said something or maybe he didn't realize I was, as I was kidding around. And then I call you, Hey Gina, you know, will you please forgive me, brother? I was not 
trying to like, you know, lead into sin or, or mm-hmm. kind of really make you think or, or nor was I trying to make light of. It. And then, G, you know, right. Jane goes, oh, yeah, no. OK, I got you. You're what good. if you're like me, unoblivious? Yeah. And then person A goes to person B and tells person B and then person B comes to me and, and says something. What do you what do you do in that situation? But you're but it's like, I don't know, like maybe he's he came in like concerned, but like. He didn't personally didn't necessarily say, "Hey, go to him and tell him." Or, you know, what? What do you do in a situation where, like, you're not sure? You still, you know what I mean? I still go. You still go. Okay. I just think if you're not sure, do it. Because uh, you never know, right? Uh, I I would rather be clear than unclear and find out later that that was that they were that the lack of clarity. Sure had been miscommunicated on that person's side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's helpful because I think, um, yeah. you know, uh, th- there is some work involved in reconciliation. Sometimes yes. you got to be a little bit more, um, uh, what's it called, proactive. Yes. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And so, um, you know, in, in the reconciliation process, I'm not going to sit there and think about, Right. It's my job to go to you as far as it depends on you. Be at peace with all men. So the, the transaction happened between me and you. I'm going to go to you privately, mm-hmm. which, again, some people make that mistake. Right. Uh, no offense uh, to anybody. But if you're blasting on social media or publicly in Bible studies or to groups of people or to other people, that somebody sinned against you without ever going to that person. And you have not, well, no, I mean ever. Okay. I don't think you really should be going publicly with the information. Sure. You know, now, right. Because well, so-and-so sinned against me and we haven't reconciled. Well, have you talked to so-and-so? No. Why are you broadcasting this publicly for people to know? As far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men, right? So let's say I sinned against you and you, right? And so um, I need to, my responsibility is to go to you and to ask forgiveness for the sin that I committed against you. And when I go, I'm not going to say, hey, Gino, I'm sorry, I keyed your car. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, right? I saw, I'm sorry means like I'm kind of defending myself. You can say you're sorry and not be sorry. But because forgiveness is a transaction, when I go to you, I say, Gina, will you please forgive me for keying your car? Right. And at that point, the ball's in your court, not in my court. I just completely put it in your court. And at that point, I am at your mercy of whether you say yes or no. Right. And so if you say yes, then sweet, we have been reconciled over this issue. If If you say no then I may have to say, I may ask you why we may have a conversation, but at the end of the day, let's just say you're like, you're never going to give me forgiveness over this. Cause that's your baby. That's like your dream car and it can never be restored to its perfect, you know, off the lot condition. <laughs> that's funny. That's exactly what I was thinking in my head. Like, Oh, he's going to be so irritated. Cause even if you, you know, forgave him, you're like, this is not going to get fixed. Right. Yeah. This is going to forever be there. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, the reality is what do I do? You know, and as far as it depends on me, I have sought peace with you. Uh So I might try a couple more times, 
But at some level, I'm going to walk away from the reconciliation discussion. However, I am always in my mind and in my heart ready to forgive you or ready to be forgiven. Uh, At this point, I'm willing to forgive you for not forgiving me. Uh, And I am always still going to maintain that service, love, help you attitude. Right. That's important because sometimes you pursue reconciliation, ready to forgive. Yes. But they're not extending forgiveness. You've done your part. Yes. Yes. As far as it is up to you, you've done your part. Yes. Okay. As far as it is. And that's why. So in a reconciliation transaction, you have to ask yourself, what is my responsibility to this transaction? And did I do my part? For me, the offender, the keyer, the key, the car person, my job is to confess to Gino, to ask him for forgiveness, right? And let's say, let's say I was a jerk to him and I yelled at him and I was super angry at him. My job would be to confess ask, and not give excuses. Hey, Gino, sorry, I had a really hard day and uh, I broke my pinky toe because uh, I was following Isaiah and uh, so I broke my pinky toe and really angry about it and so then i was angry at you and uh like don't 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 go with the sixty thousand. no listen hey i sinned and i sinned against you in anger and my anger is like i wanted you dead will you please forgive me Mm. like don't don't dust it up don't try to make it sound less sinful than it really was like to like don't pull don't pull punches like gino bro i Send against you, please forgive me. And then Gino's job at that point is to hear it and to grant forgiveness. Right. Now, these, this has huge implications at, at church because we're trying to be churchmen here. Yes. And if you're not extending forgiveness to somebody or if you won't for, yeah, if you won't um, seek forgiveness for the wrong that you've done. Yeah. Uh, and you're on a Sunday, you're at a Sunday where we have communion. You're, you're not supposed to be taking communion. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's important. Especially, yeah. you know. You're, you're trying to be uh, part of this church community. Yes. Yeah. And, and if you're not going to grant forgiveness, yeah, you, you're set, you're, you're creating disunity between you two and in the church and that's not good. Right. Yeah. So, uh, the, that's the thing about forgiveness it's actually super, it's the easiest transaction in the world. Whoever sins, their job is to confess and ask for forgiveness the person who was sinned against is to say is to listen and grant them forgiveness. Right. Yes. And that's it. That's forgiveness. Yep. That's reconciliation. Yep. Yeah. The other stuff that might or might not be associated with the sin, right? That's a, that's another issue. But, but my job as a loving servant is now to walk with you through life. If given the opportunity. Now there are times, right? Where, where, listen, the reconciliation may not restore the relationship to how it was before. Wow, okay. Right? So best buds. Yes. Not necessarily the same relationship? You yes. say that's okay or that's not good? Or that, well, that's, that's, um, yeah. I mean, sometimes I just think, right, the glass breaks and you can't repair some of the glass. Gotcha. But you can be restored to the sense to where to where you you're what you you can start to walk together again but listen things things may be different for a while right okay so it's a fair expectation or yeah you shouldn't expect uh or you shouldn't hold um previous um i don't know relationship kind yes. of closeness yeah 
against that person because even even after reconciliation, right. sometimes it just it's going to be different. Yes, I mean I can think of obviously the obvious one. Yeah, adultery. Yeah. Right, it's kind of right. It may be a while before the adultery couple is walking together in the same way they were pre-adultery. Right. Yeah, and that that may right. It may take months, years. It may take time. Right. Um, and so the relationship is going to be different. It's going to change slightly. Right. That's where the long suffering comes in. Yes. And so, and that's why these, these kind of things, right? Like you would hope that two people could work together, right? Sometimes something comes out pretty bad and it breaks trust. Yes. And you go, wow. Uh, especially when you uncover a secret sin, it, it creates a distrust at that point. And so what we're not saying is that reconciliation instantly puts that trust back together. It's right. The puzzle, the puzzle does not just the 3000 piece puzzle does not just miraculously get put back together in one second. That, that trust is going to take time. Now I would pray that these two people would be willing to walk together and to do that. But I also realize sometimes that's not the case. And I, I would just encourage you to say in those more extreme situations, it is helpful to walk with one of your elders through this time. Because uh, for me, if you give me the opportunity, if, if somebody quote unquote stabs me in the back and it comes out and then they ask me for, for forgiveness, I have been given the opportunity to continue to walk with this person and influence this person for the gospel. I want that opportunity because it's an opportunity to serve and to love them and to show them the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Right. I also realize that sometimes there are other factors in life that that maybe even sometimes walking away from those relationships is right. Right. You know, like the the, the spouse that commits adultery has sinned on uh, multiple people, sinned on his spouse, and has also sinned on his girlfriend because he's, one, committed adulteries against his wife, and two, it's sinful. He has led her into, the, into a sinful relationship as well. Mm-hmm. And at the flip side, he may go to her and ask her for forgiveness for his adultery. And she may say, yes, well, we are not going to tell you, you know what, really try to seek to restore that relationship back to where it was before the adultery. Right. Like the better thing to do may be to just completely move on and separate and roll on. Right. And so that doesn't mean you're unloving to the person. There is that party that goes, I got to trust God that God will put the right people in this person's life to help them walk in, in holiness. Gotcha. You don't want to be in that place where you're like, well, honey, I mean, you know, we're trying to serve her and, you know, she's crying over there tonight and I need to go, you know, no, no, like you shouldn't even be talking to her. Hmm. So, you know what I mean? Like, so there are some of these situations um, where, where walking away is probably the right thing after some level of reconciliation. Okay. When you see a walk, can you clarify that? Walking yeah. Away? Just like, like, uh, so, you know, the guy that uh, asked forgiveness, to both his wife and, and the girlfriend, he, he needs to walk away from the girlfriend relationship. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know okay. what I mean? And so um, uh, it may also, you know, I, I think if this is an extreme addiction cases, kind of like, you know, uh, at some point it might be the loving thing to do to forgive their, their family member that's steeped into drugs. Right. But it also might be the right time to not let them back in the house for a long time. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so in other words, like you're still going to love them, but you, sometimes you need to change the nature of how you serve them in love. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Like you, you don't want to enable them. Yes. Yeah. 
like knowingly enable them. So you you got to draw some boundaries, draw some lines. Yes. It's not a means. It's not unforgiving. Yes. It's uh, just a matter of protection, really, and also it's, yes. it really is also teaching them and helping them. Yes. Um, because then you're saying no, this is not right. And, yeah. yeah. And you're loving your other family members by not potentially exposing them to the harmful situation. True. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of right. When I think about my job is to reconcile, my job is to reconcile as God reconciles. Uh, I'm always willing to reconcile. I'm, I'm going to run, right? Time heals all wounds. False. Uh, Jesus in Matthew 5, go, run. Leave your worship, leave your offering at the altar and go and first be reconciled to your brother, then come and reconcile with them. Right. You know, and so um, the expectation for the Lord is that we would run to do this. So, you know, if you're in the middle of arguing with your spouse and you kind of come to your sins and realize you're sinning against yourself, hey, you know what? Time out, honey. I just want you to know that I know we disagree on this, but I'm sinning against you right now in, the, in my attitude, in my, in my demeanor towards you. Will you please forgive me for that? Like, stop it right there. Mm. Right? Hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe can I have five minutes to go right out? what I'm thinking about and feeling right now and come back to you and talk to you about what I've, what I've written out, you know, be the leader in the home. And I, I, I always tell people in their home, run and rush to reconcile. It is a race to see who reconciles first. Ah, 5,000 points. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, because it, it's, we are silly and at the height of our ignorance when we dig in and refuse to reconcile. Mm hmm. It's basically like, okay, my heart, the pride is on fire and I'm going to put the fire out by add more gasoline. Hmm. Well, you're actually not gonna put the fire out. Like not if you just keep dousing it with fuel, like right, you've right. got to cut the fuel. Right. And the, the, the way to cut that is confess and ask forgiveness. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, there, there are a litany of problems, you know, for church unity relationship issue. This is why you can't post it online. Yes. It is a private thing between you and another person. The second you go online with it, you are unlovingly blaring somebody else's sin to other people. Yes. By the way, the other person, when anytime I see that, anytime I see it, the the person being accused of sin to me never looks as bad as the person blaring it on online. Yeah. Because I think, wow, what an unloving act that you would that you feel like you have to take it online yes. when you could have gone to him privately. Yeah. I'm granted that I'm, I'm guessing those people have no idea. You know right. what I mean? So there is a, I just, right <laughs> yeah. now. And I, and that's a good point. Yeah. I, Cause I did want to caveat that with and say, now I also realize for many people, they have no idea that when somebody sins against them, the response is to actually go privately to them and communicate with them. Right. Yeah. So, so sometimes it's ignorance. Yes. Yeah. But after you for sure know that they know, if they're then going to continue with the public display, you've got bigger problems. Yeah. Yeah. So um, once you know, they know. But yeah, a lot of people don't know. They don't know how to handle this. And uh, so you, you've got to come alongside. Anytime I'm aware, like, and th this will happen too, where somebody call and say, you know, so-and-so did this. And I'll always say, did you see it? And they'll go, yeah. And I'll be like, then you know what you need to do? What you need to go to them and encourage them to do privately what you're telling me about, mm -hmm. because it's actually not your pastor's job to lead in mediation. It's your job to go mediate. Mm -hmm. Like if I see you sin against Jesse, 
Uh, I'm not going to go to Ramil and say, oh, Ramil, you know, I saw Gino sin against Jesse. Like Ramil's the appropriate answer for Ramil would be to go, uh, you need to go tell Gino what you saw and encourage him to seek her forgiveness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll do it later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Time will heal that wound. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? And, but I think that's an important part in the reconciliation discussion because so we've kind of carried on, right? We talked about uh, reconciliation, how to define a little bit that it's my job to not let other people's actions prevent me from doing my job. Um, we've talked about God's perspective, but, but also this reality of what do you do when you see other people, you encourage them to privately do what is right. Hmm. Yeah. You know, so it is my, it is not my, you know, anytime somebody comes to me and say, well, I saw that, that Billy and Susie were in a fight the other day. I just wanted you to know about it. I always kind of say, well, thanks for telling me. Yeah. Did you say anything to Billy or Susie? Well, no. And then the, my, my response is, well, God put you in that situation. Why don't you call him and say, hey, brother, I saw the fight. Is there anything I can do to serve you guys? Have you guys reconciled? Mm-hmm. And if he says, yes, we reconciled, sweet, good, glad, glad you reconciled. You move on. You leave it alone. Right. And if he says, you know what? I didn't even know that we need to reconcile. Well, God's put you in that shoes. I will help you mm-hmm. address them. I will help you with a game plan. But it's actually not my job to mm-hmm. step in and go, okay, Billy and Susie, I heard from Tommy Lee that this happened between you. Like, it's like God yeah. didn't put that in front of me other than through hearsay. Yeah, this is part of um, counseling one another, um, loving one another, walking in life with one another. Um, there, There is a lot of ignorance, and uh, people just don't know what they're supposed to do. And sometimes they do the only thing they know to do, which is like blast it on online. Right. Um, and you're right. I think uh, reaching out to them and say, Hey, just to let you know, um, I saw that comment. If you're, if you're, if you feel that you've been sinned against uh, Bible and Bible demands that we yeah. reconcile, that's like before anything else. Like this is, yes. yeah. So our job is to encourage them scripturally uh, with love and, and, and uh, patience. Yes. And kindness, right? Because yeah. you don't, you also, I think the, the, sometimes I cringe because the way it was handled is like, that's a little rough around the edges. The way yes. you approach that situation, you could have been more gentle. Yes. You know? So, yeah. Um, I, I do think, I mean, I, I think that is important to know though, that, that we're all called to yes. um, minister to one another. Yeah. We're, we're to be a part of the peacemaker process. Well, and, and even what you just said there too, like, Unfortunately, I've seen people not reconcile because they felt like the approach of the other person was unbiblical. Uh And it's like, you know what? Expecting other people to be perfect in reconciling for sinful actions is, on the one hand, I get that Scripture says, Scripture tells us how to do it. On the other hand, I would rather have an imperfect reconciliation conversation with somebody and come away at peace than I would never have it because he didn't do it right. Hmm. Remember, it goes back to my response. My responsibility is to listen and grant forgiveness or to listen and confess and ask forgiveness. So if somebody blasted about my sin online, I'm not going to sit there and say to that person, well, you didn't do it right, so I'm not granting you forgiveness. I'm, I might be like, hey, you know, this is really awkward now because of the way you, ex- you expressed it. But I just want you to know that I'm willing to listen to you and I want to seek reconciliation with you and grant you forgiveness or, or ask you for forgiveness and get through the conversation. Oh, you know what? You're right. I did sin against you. Will you please forgive me? 
Well, at the end of that, I might then turn around and say, hey, listen, I just want you to know as your elder, your approach there is unbiblical. Right. And it's actually... Uh, Made it worse. <laughs> it made it worse because First yeah. Timothy five says years you you didn't have a second witness. However, I'm glad we've reconciled, but now we need to talk about the way you did it. Right. You know, and so for, for me in that case, I would probably then ask Ramil, Chris, or you to get involved because I don't want to try. I I really don't want to defend myself in that way. I want I want to be at peace with that person individually. But you, so it's weird, right? You might have an input, you might have somebody coming to you, right? Who breaking all the rules that we just talked about having in this, you know, not doing it right at all, but Hey, thank God they still came to you. Right. You know, at least they came to you because the amount of people that I've seen that choose not to go engage is enough to make me go. That's worse. Right. Because you're holding it over them, but you're refusing to engage them and make peace at what you're holding over them. And that, that's a problem. Right. And yeah. unfortunately it's a problem uh, even among pastors and Christians and, and people like it just, you know, it, it, that's why reconciliation is the fruit of the spirit because it takes the, the, the courage that only the Holy spirit can give us to do it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely one of the hardest things to do. Yes. I think it requires uh, a great amount of humility and you can only, you can only have that kind of humility if you dwell on the gospel enough. I agree. You know, yeah. um, otherwise it's just too hard, it's too much pride. Yeah. And so, yeah, again, the gospel is the answer. It is. How man. do you like that? It is. I, the gospel is <laughs> always the answer. Well, and I, yeah, it, this is a super, this is one of those topics too, that the amount of errors, gosh, it's so funny as we talked about this because kind of looking back over two podcasts on this now, We've talked a lot more almost about what errors we see. And to me, it's so funny because it that actually magnifies the simplicity of reconciliation. Sure, yeah. Because the simple part is one party's job is to confess and ask. The other party's job is to listen and answer and say yes. Hmm. And the fact that we spent you know, almost two hours and two podcasts on a bunch of other stuff tells you how difficult it is, how confused people can be and how much pride muddies the water of what really is a very simple transaction. Yeah. It really is sometimes when you're in the heat of the moment, yeah, you can't see clearly like talking about this now you can see clearly. Yes. You know, but when you're in the heat of the moment, it's like, you know, man, it's, it, it would be good to just to have someone else involved and just help you think straight. Like, yes. this is what's happening. What do you think? Like, yes. what should I do? You know what I mean? Yes. That's a, that's not a bad thing to do. No. And it's tough. Yeah. No, but, but listen, uh, remember, remember this, you are not belittling yourself to ask forgiveness. Okay. Your value has not been decreased because you asked forgiveness. Yes, you are actually, your value as a human being is found in Jesus Christ. You are not in a perfected body, so you are going to sin. Unfortunately, you're going to sin against other people. It is beautiful and godly to seek restoration. Even if you are mocked by your coworkers, your kids, your family members, your spouse, your church family, 
You, it is beautiful in the sight of the Lord to seek reconciliation. Amen. Right. It is, it is like, right. It's, I think it's one of the, the, the most visually yes. humbling thing. Yes. You can see in somebody. Yes. Um, it's very impactful. Yes. Um, it's why the grace of God impacts us. Yes. Uh, it's powerful. If you, people who get the gospel see that they see, um, like the Lord coming in the flesh, I think that that kind of flies over the heads of most most people. We celebrate Christmas. That's really what it's about. But that act alone it should humble us to our knees, right? Yes. Or, or to our faces because he didn't have to do that. Yes. Well, and it's actually liberating. Yes. Because you're literally taking the millstone of sin off your neck between you and that person and you're, you're kind of letting it go. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, in the picture, right? You, you can walk away going, I have sought peace. I have done my job and I have peace or I don't have peace. But when I stand before the Lord, he's not going to say, he's not going to be able to look at me and say, why did you never get peace with that? Why did you never do your job? Yes. He's going to say, you did your job. You, you couldn't control the, the results of, of it. But God, God will deal with the person that doesn't grant you forgiveness. Right, but man, then when I think about that person not getting forgiveness, that's scary, and I don't want that person to not have forgiveness either. So I would rather be a voice of one who constantly seeks to see people restored with one another, and lead by example in that way. Because at the end of the day, right? If we're man, the only thing that leads me to say don't ask forgiveness is pride. And that is never helpful. There is a, the relationship with Christ is more joyful when pride is combated than when it's fueled. Right? My walk with Christ is more beautiful. It is, uh, it is, I relish it more. I love it more when there's confession and forgiveness and peace, not only with him, but with other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, listen, that's a lot. It is. I feel like because you know, there's. I, I feel like there's so much more we could say, but I, I most people understand this discussion as you know, um, uh, you know, asking forgiveness. But there's so many scenarios that draw out our pride that I think that's what we mainly touched on these two podcasts, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Discussion of pride and humility here. Yeah. I mean, really, I don't, I don't, yeah, most of our discussions have centered on pride, humility, preference, truth. Uh, but, but man, this, this one's huge. And we talked about this on Dying on the Right Hill, right? That I will die on the hills of pursuing peace with people. Yes. For my own life and for others. And so as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Uh, and honestly, in 99% of our situations in life, we can pursue peace with all men. So yes. don't, you know, don't be the guy that quickly goes, well, I mean, you said sometimes now listen, brother, it, I'll, I'll let you know. One of the elders will let you know when this is one of those exceptions. Mm. So until then go be at peace. All right, Cornerstone. All right, Cornerstone. We love you. You heard the word. Be at peace. Be at peace. Amen. All right. Love you guys. Love you guys.